This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Brick layers and ball shorts. Coaching from the side of the ball court. If you know, you know. One stop like a Walmart. We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport. If you know, you know. If you know about the carport, the trap door supposed to be awkward. If you know, you know. That's the reason we ball for. Circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know. What up, what up? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amon Hawkins. With another episode during this pandemic, we got to keep it going. Uh, I was out on my run today, and my guy hit me up and say he wanted to get on the line. So instead of doing it on Blog Talk Radio, this is straight one-on-one because I got to let my dog drop his jewels. I'm talking about Robert T. Green. That's on the line right now. Hold on. What's up, Ball Hawk? What's going on with you, dog? Not much, man. Trying to make it in this crazy world. Yeah, man. I mean, we we talked off air uh, before we started recording. You had a lot of... A lot of interesting things to say, a lot of um, things I think a lot of folks need to hear. Uh, so before we get started, this episode was sponsored by Abra Insurance. Go to abrainsurance.com for all your insurance need, home business, auto life. Go to Abra Insurance, especially in this time of need. And also, go get your Shut the Hell Up Juice Apparel, stajujuice.com. So now that I got my man Robert T. Ging, the players rep, the players in big letterings. I always want to say that about you because a lot of times in this in this day and age even though you have managers you have agents you have uh, accountants you have advisors majority of the time you have the minority who truly put the player first and understand that they work for the player but you're a guy that emphasizes on I represent the player because I understand the power that the player has and I understand my role. It's all about how we joke about, I always talk about Draymond Green, you know what I'm saying? It's like knowing your role, not not being overhyped. And you always understand your role and, and the education, what you're bringing when it comes to just sports, starting in high school, then college, then pro. So um, what's, what's some of the things you want to discuss, man? You know, with this pandemic, we, we don't have sports. So let's start with college right now. How is college right. sports truly affected with the cancellation of spring sports and, and now the, the, the question mark as far as when will football season truly begin? Right. So I definitely appreciate you having me on. And I, I want to try to just take things step by step and piece by piece for those people. When I say the mantra sports is not a game, sports is all business. As we know, the NCAA has already canceled this spring sport scenario but people don't remember they was willing to even as this thing was going along potentially put these same student athletes at risk during the um march madness scenario where they were able to be able to play without fans but not recognizing as we know no 
um, that this pandemic is affecting the uh, majority of African Americans in, in, in cities where these things where these young men would have to go back to see their grandmothers and their grandfathers and things of that nature where the risk would be um, basically high at the highest possible level. But none of that stuff was thought about prior to basically saying they were going to play in March Madness. Now, um, fast forward to um, this spring season that's coming up potentially where, uh, well, fall season when it comes to football. And um, as of yesterday, NBC Sports talked about that the NCAA is talking about having um, the fall sports pushed to spring. And what I said yesterday, and I'll say it again today to your audience, is that sports is not a game, sports is all business. That is not going to happen in the sense of with what the NCAA thinks that they can possibly do. Basically, they would jeopardize a guy such as Trevor Lawrence, who right now everyone knows that is a projected potential number one, two overall pick going to the next season, despite if he decides to play for Clemson. What I talk about in sports is about risk and risk management. In this situation, if you will, let's say that Trevor Lawrence is uh, left tackle or right tackle in particular, who doesn't have the ability to go into the facility right now and to say they start the NCAA season with a little bit of training and all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence steps on that field and his left tackle has been eating whatever he can get his hands on, Twinkies, things like that, the entire <laughs> offseason, not being prepared. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence steps out there for the NCAA and gets injured to he can't even play anymore. He just basically threw away a guaranteed $38 million to basically to help the NCAA um, basically uh, sell tickets and advertising and merchandise for the Clemson Tigers. Um, and any other thing in other, other profession in this world, if that was a financial advisor saying, like, here's $38 million, go put it all on black, he would no longer be able to basically work in that actual industry. But yet when it comes to athletes, they feel like these players are supposed to do it for the team, to trust the process because it's God's plan. Now, again, not understanding that, if they were to move it to the spring, again, the NFL, which is a business, which I say pay the players, no pay, no play, is that at the end of the day, you have the senior bowl. So, again, the, the rising seniors right now, you're saying you play in the spring. Those players who have worked so hard, spent most of their life to get to this point, will now miss the senior bowl. Um, the NFL combine is in March. Then the draft is in April. So now you're talking about making a business decision. You're either going to play college sports, but you were supposed to play in the fall to get to the point where you can get drafted, take care of your family in the spring to go into the summer. Now, when everybody's talking about player safety again, that whole player safety thing, who in their right mind or which person want to put their name on saying, we're going to play a sport in the spring, then have a player who never played this long before get drafted in the summer, then go and play in the fall for 17, now 17 games in NFL CBA to a possible 21, 22 in a year old in the Super Bowl. Who wants to say that? So essentially put a player in a situation where he could play possibly 30-something games in less than one calendar year. Who's who's going to do that? No, nah, that's real. That's real. I mean, that's that's that lets you... Look, this whole situation with the coronavirus is definitely demonstrating how important sports are to our livelihood, to to our uh, entertainment, to our getaway from our, from our jobs, our regular lives, and also... It shows you, it kind of reveals how important the athlete is. You know, when folks just think, you you know, you got a scholarship, just, you know what I'm saying? That's all you need to ask for. Because I always ask folks this. It's called student athlete, right? But if, it, if you really are a student first, how come these athletes don't own their names? Don't truly own their names if it's all about that that scholarship that education you know it's a free education you should be thankful no i want my damn name 
Yes, I'm like people don't understand. You could chew bubblegum and walk at the same time. Just because I want my name doesn't mean I'm not grateful of the scholarship that I earned that you're providing. Because we understand, and you talked about it earlier, off air. Like I'm that that athlete is feeding a lot of mouths. Perfect example. Let's just talk about when how long you played football. Am I? How long how long sports period did you play? Like start from the first year to the last year. How many years is that as a whole? Uh I started playing sports when I was five years old. Tackle football at five years old, Doris Miller and Newport News, and all the way up to I was thirty three years old. So that is twenty eight years. Twenty eight years. Out of those twenty eight years, how many of those years did you get compensated to a certain extent to, 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 to feed your family? Ten of them. Okay. So 10 out of 28 isn't is an equal math equation. But not only that, as I said before, that every everything in life has an expiration date on it, especially when you talk about being an athlete. So to understand the more tread that you put on a tire, if you will, and you run that tire, eventually the, the wheels are going to fall off. It's going to go ball. It's going to crash. Everybody in the industry knows that except for the one person that without them it won't exist. That's the actual athlete. Making decisions on where you go and who you play for. And as you see right now, this pandemic is starting to expose a lot of the coaches for which I always knew they were. You know, mm-hmm. without these actual players, these coaches, are their value to these players are absolutely nil. When you have a guy like Mike, Mike Gundy from, from um, Oklahoma State talking about, yeah, we should basically, well, they 21 or 19 to 22. They can get over it. They can fight it. This system's good enough. Or if one gets uh, uh, gets it, we can put them in basically a shed or something like that and let them sweat it out. The arrogance and the, and the ignorance at the same time is, is, is boggling. But at the same time, when you are 40, as you said before, I'm a 40. When you're a 40 year old man, your greatest contribution is going to someone's living room, which again, they may or their parents may have a third or fourth grade education, in particular in the AC, or the SEC, the ACC, or whatever. When you say the term scholarship, and we're going to give you something they don't understand, they're not really giving you anything between the financial uh, financial aid that, that covers the majority of your quote-unquote scholarship and the actual uniform, whether it's Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, or Reebok, that basically they have you wearing and they get paid for advertising, you basically have made that scholarship up and you also contribute into their millions of dollars in salary. Mm. So when you're, telling, you're telling the world that you're willing to risk these kids' lives in order to play a football season so you can get paid this year, once again, it's funny, since all this thing happened, those same people that basically trust the process, they have no type of thought process. Dabble Sweeney himself, when they asked him what was going on, and since the pandemic, oh, I took a flight to Florida to vacation. When wow. they're telling you to stay at home. But yet the moment that that same athlete decides he wants to leave school early or be in a transfer portal, that the end of the world is came. So, again, I, I am very sad as the players rep to see these things happening regarding this actual pandemic, but... Everything that I said about the athlete and their power and what really goes on to this is revealing itself right now. People are willing to risk lives to get these kids out there. The NBA right now is talking about having a, a horse contest to get multi-million athletes to go into their driveway <laughs> and do horse shots so they can keep the worldwide leader ESPN running. Because without them, there's no ESPN. And so all these things that we talk about that what really matters right now, Vegas, although the lights are shut down, they're hurting most more than anything else because of the gambling situation, mm-hmm. betting on said athletes. So when you, Amaya, paid 28 years playing sports, you got paid for 10 of them. You spent the majority of them making sure somebody else's family was fed and ate while you took all the risk in your body. So I tell parents and I tell athletes all the time, they talk about the most important decision to make is the agent. No, it's not. It's risk management. And for those agents out there that don't let you understand that, when I say risk management, it's something as simple as life insurance. 
there's something going on right now that no one's even talking about when it comes to all these athletes. Everyone knows the 401k situation, the stock's crashing. How many athletes right now are signed up with their actual agent and through their actual respective, respective organizations, NFL PA, NBA PA, this agent reflected you, referred you to this financial advisor who told you to put it on black. Yeah. And his only response right now is telling you that um, it's all going to bounce back. Remember, specifically in the NFL, there's no guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. That money would surely be good right now in these young men's pockets when the average career is 2.5 years. So when you're in an industry where basically you're really there helping to keep somebody else employed and their kids fed, it's really hard to understand what business impact is going to be made by you when you're no longer there. That's the whole, that's the whole, um, you know, get them in, push them out type syndrome. And which most athletes go to this entire point right now to say, you know, I worked all my life to get to the NFL. And right now they're talking about they might move this to the spring ball. If I'm Trevor Lawrence right now, and this, you know, from a legality matter, not to mention if you talk about a school like a, a Rutgers, who I know for a fact has pushed all their things up to uh, August from canceling the campus. So if a school, say, like Michigan, decides to um, get started in May or, or June, and then a kid all of a sudden gets hurt playing against Rutgers, and Michigan is a lawsuit saying, like, well, they have more time to prepare. Or from an HBCU level, where they don't decide they don't want to wash the shoulder pad that was down there last year, put them on the same kid, and the kid gets sick. So one of those Power Five conferences wanted to bring them in and pay the money to come in, but now they don't want to do that. So there's a lot of things that have not been thought out thoroughly, which is usually common when it comes to the actual sports world outside of the athletes. Like I said, again, it's going to have these kids play in the March Madness and jeopardize their lives. Now Mike Gundy thinks it's okay to jeopardize their lives. When it comes to the point when these athletes and parents are recognizing their work and understanding who they are, things are starting to become better. But that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get on here today to really, like I said, help people understand really what's going on out there. No, I think you definitely hit on some great points. I mean, we're not not just looking at the professors, but the, but the, the collegiate athletes. You know, like we take a step back and we understand that March Madness didn't happen because of this. And now, you know, spring sports get cancel and now they I guess the NCAA agreed that uh those fourth year or, or senior athletes that were going to their spring season basically have are eligible for another year in a sense you know because they lost this year and now you got folks right. asking about the basketball players and and my thought was what with the basketball is like it's like five or six games like I don't think you give a basketball player in a, a whole year or five or six games compared to the spring sports that lost everything that's just me per- like right. looking at the I'm talking about the NCAA like for them to even think about the spring sports and give them an extra year or discuss it and vote on it whatever they doing that says a lot because I never thought they'd even discuss that I thought they'd just be like oh that's all right. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. They can say that right now because of what are the two things, the two sports that basically ensure those other sports have a season is the football team for yeah. the most part. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're talking about moving football to the spring season. So once again, I'm, I'm a businessman. When I talk about athletes, I don't want to hear about scholarships. I don't want to hear about this program, that program, that program. Because the reality is when an athlete gets injured, a high-profile athlete gets injured, and he, he, he has no health insurance or only he decided to play for coach such and such when you got a $109 million contract, but they, they won't really put $10,000 to get a loss of value policy or what they call a PTD, permanent disability insurance policy. They'll say next man up. But then you get the same time, that same athlete that got hurt and went this whole process to that point, he's not <laughs> contributing to the to the, the, the road team. Like people don't realize what happened a couple months ago when this whole scandal happened when it came to um, certain people 
getting their getting scholarships for sports they didn't play. And what the real the real problem with that was is that really it's not really a scholarship. They're saying that rich people were using the sport to get financial aid when they didn't need it. That's the crime. Yeah. It was so they don't want to explain that really it wasn't any other than the fact that most people that get scholarships is financial aid and you can't get financial aid when you're rich. So the way only way they can get into that school is by taking a route of financial aid to be on that sport. Mm. Otherwise, their grades would not get them in. So when everybody keeps throwing doing things like signing the NLI because ESPN want to put you out there and give you three hats to choose from to make you feel like you're the man, any lawyer, professor lawyer would tell you from that jump, that document is completely against the best interest of the actual player, period. There's no dispute in that. However, until the athlete and the parent invest in that, that actual NLI does not stop you from getting a scholarship. What it does, it locks you in to that school you signed that with. So therefore, the school tells the coach, hey, do not tell that kid you're taking a job somewhere else till he signs his name. Dang. In the real world, in the business world, it's called a fiduciary. Meaning by law, legally, you are bound to do it right by them or you will lose your license if you have. But in the sports world, and I mentioned the terms I created sports trafficking, from the time that this youth coach comes out and says, I'm going to do this and do this and do that, you are now being trafficked to whichever person they want you to go to without even understanding it. Most athletes do not make any business decisions for them until after their careers are over. And after that, when they're trying to make decisions in business, they're not capable of doing it, which is why the numbers say what they are. You're talking about millionaires that end up broke. Let's take Joe Smith from Maryland. They made $100 million. Seven five Lost seven. Lost it all. Seven five. But seven. again, the same people that was around Joe Smith the entire time are still in this exact business. Why is that? Because they're not going to oversee themselves. It's too easy. And so again, these decision-making processes, when it comes to what the athlete's best decision is, have to start going back to those that literally it benefits the most, and it should benefit the athlete. So if you're really concerned about athletes uh, or having spring seasons, pay them. Other than that, we out. This is a business, a short-lived business. Like I said, you paid 28 years, you got paid for 11. As a businessman, that that doesn't that doesn't bode well for me when I'm talking about representing you. And and why why do you feel like folks have? So here's my question, and it's people in the chat can answer this too. Why do you feel like folks always panic when they when somebody say the athlete should be paid? Oh, you open up the floodgates. Oh, you open up Pandora's box. Like they feel like. Only big schools will be able to quote unquote afford the top guys, but from our eyes, I'm, I'm including you know you and myself, we see that it's it happens anyway. Like the certain Not school. Only happened, but let me ask you this: <laughs> like any job that you got, any profession that you got, anybody that's going to work or can go work, essential workers right now, they're going to do something, and with knowledge, they're going to be compensated for it. Not not five years from now, it's going to pay off. That's not how corporate America works. That's not how America works. But only when you basically go through economic and social standards where you feel like you don't have anything, you're willing to help the dog chase his tail. And the people that literally are willing to do that are the ones that's getting, you know, crumbs in there just so they can go take a picture and stand beside this guy at this so-called school. Guys that get four or five stars willing to go sign somewhere because their, their neighbors say like, oh, my, my, my neighbor goes to such and such school, power five, yet he's going to be on the bench for the next three years. That's a bad business decision. They're being groomed for that. So why the people have an issue most is because those same people are the ones pushing these kids to failure. 
You don't have 28 years like you did. God bless you. You are a commodity. You are rare. Arena, NFL, that don't even really happen because the body don't stand up for that long. But the numbers bear out. Like most people are going to be in, in particular football, 2.5 years. So you're going to spend this approximately 17 years to get 2.5 years out of it. Non-guaranteed contract, but yet your agent's contract is guaranteed. Mm. You don't even have a life insurance policy. The NFLPA usually charges you $18,000 a year. So whether you're the first pick overall or the seventh, the, the 255th pick overall, y'all both paying the same dues. But here's the kicker. One of y'all is going to get to the third year where y'all become vested, and then your 401k can get matched. The other one is going to be back out on the street. So that's $36,000 that he could have kept to basically put himself and his family in a better situation right now is out the window. And it, all that representation is all across the board. And I used this analogy earlier. This is take $10,000. You put, you put a financial advisor in the room. You put a marketing guy in the room. put an agent in the room. You put a, 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 um, a, a financial advisor and an insurance provider. If you ask that kid who's in that room with him and his parent, and let's say I'm in the room too, and I'm sitting there watching, I ask him, the kid says, I got $10,000, and what are we going to do with it? Each one of those service providers is going to try to find a way to make what they do the most important thing to get that $10,000. Even though their job is supposed to be supporting what's in the best interest of the athlete. But they're going to say that the marketing, I can take this $10,000 and get you endorsed by this and this and that. That's the most important thing to build your social media and following, blah, blah, blah. The financial advisor is going to say, I got this stock, I got this bond that came through, take this 10000 I can flip it and make it sixty. The insurance provider is going to say, you know what, again, you need to get a loss of value policy from me because the NFL is a short-lived career. Technically, all of them may be right. Technically, all of them can be wrong. But because the athlete and the family don't understand what their best interest is and how the real world works regarding risk management, they make bad decisions. Now, what I would do in there as a business manager, I'm going to say, okay, well, 10000 divided by three. It may go 60-40. It may go 50-50. I'm going to basically audit, vet, and monitor what their service, what they're going to do to get to that point. Because reality is what they're trying to do is they're trying to use the kid and the $10,000 to build themselves up through him. Not that $10,000 to build him up. Yeah. And that starts from day one. And so the reality is there's not a lot of value what people want again. And what I'm saying to you right now, I'm sure, because, you know, I'm on this whole coaching thing real hard, real level about value. And at the end of the day, you say trust the process that you don't even understand is not built to basically service your best interest. When you play 28 years, you get paid for 411. But I mean, 17 years, you did something that basically went to benefit somebody else's family. Are they writing you any checks right now, Mr. Mr. Ballhawk? <laughs> nope. And nor would they. So why you and an athlete should be suspected to basically help write them checks or for the, the volleyball team Yo, or the softball team that's a great, or anybody on the team. That's a it doesn't great work question. like that in the real world. That's a great so question. So once we start to understand about how this and knowing your worth and the value that you really provide, that's what the problem is. That the, the leverage and the power of what it is, it's not about a kid that got to get paid a whole lot, a whole lot. But again, you, Dabble Swing's making $156 million now because of Deshaun Watson. Mm. Deshaun Watson got drafted after Mitch Trubisky. So what value did Dabble provide to Deshaun Watson? Mm. Is he cutting Deshaun a check right now? Because Deshaun towards ACL and Clemson towards ACL in the league too. That's two torn ACLs in both legs. He's a fact. Trust the facts, not the process. Oh, man. So as you continue to go on, so now if if Trevor Lawrence is paying attention to that, are you going to come out there where you say, I might play a shortened season where, like I said, my left and my right tackle are eating jelly donuts? Hey, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something. If the NCAA push this football season to the spring, 
And and ain't no way if I'm Trevor Lawrence and them dudes, I'm playing. I'm saying I'm getting ready for the draft. If like, I'm a top three pick, I'm not yeah, playing. There is no way that, I'm playing. That's my point. Let's say they push to the spring tomorrow. Trevor Lawrence technically is eligible for the 2020 draft right now because that's his three years out of school. Talking business. Yeah. That's three years. He will out be drafted in the top five this year, right now. Yep. Just like James Wise is going to be drafted in the top five this year, right now, with or without Memphis for the NCAA. Like, so, I, like honestly like though, Nicole honestly did. though, honestly though, and that, and that goes back to the business side that gets lost in translation. Right. Why? Why do they truly put a stipulation on a sport as far as when a player can declare to be pro or become or or make money for their job? Because sports is a job. Regardless, like people say, scholarships, scholarships is free. No, because if I don't do my job, I lose my scholarship. That's a, it's a job. If I don't do my right. sport and what I'm supposed to do and what's asked of me, if I miss too many workouts, I'm out here shooting the breeze and being like, they'll pull that scholarship. But like the scholarship isn't guaranteed. That joint year to year, damn, it's semester to semester. And they do things where they can basically force you to quit. I've, I've known schools that basically, uh, for example, you're talking about how how a football player can be dangerous in almost like a criminal type of scenario. You give this running back the ball that you don't like per se. You don't want him to be there. You want to give his college to somewhere else. You have the attitude as a coach. You call toss right six times in a row. The defense know you're calling that. You keep giving him the ball. They all wear helmets. Mm. You're basically assaulting this kid. Then the kid kind of says, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Okay. You quit. I know this in fact. I, he quits. And then he takes that same financial aid because not a scholarship. And he passes on to the next guy. Because this is how, again, it's year to year, as you said. So the facts are, again, the reason why they continue to do this and why it's allowed to do it, because we allowed them to do it. You know who didn't allow them to do it? His name is LaMelo Ball. Mm, His name is Lonzo Ball. Talk about Ball. him. Talk His about name him. is LaVar Ball. Talk about so him. So when LaMelo Ball and Lonzo Ball and LaVar Ball, whether you like it and it's not, and I'm, I'm one of the biggest proponents to say that he don't do things technically in my character when I talk about business, how you should reflect in that scenario. However, he's not breaking any laws. Yeah. LaMelo did not go to high school. LaMelo has over $5 million, 5 million views of uh, uh, followers on these social media sites. LaMelo went, this skipped high school, went to play pro, bought the team now, him and his business manager. Mm-hmm. If his goal was to be a professional athlete, he's doing things as a professional need to do to sustain. Now, mind you, he's done all of this stuff before even going to the NBA, understanding that his days are number two. Yeah. Now, for, for a father who has two kids that particularly might be the top two in the NBA draft, is unheard of. There was no Coach K. There was no Coach Calipari. There was no Roy Williams. There was no anybody to basically, or NCAA, or high school coach to say, without me, you would have never got here. Mm. And at the end of the day, he's basically set up for his actual future. Investing himself, not the industry. That is the, that is the remedy. Nick Bosa, two years ago. Got hurt playing. The whole world. Oh, he's a quitter. He's a quitter. He's a quitter. No, you're not paying me. I didn't quit anything. <laughs> that's I mean, not my job. Oh no, let's, let's go I'm back. Let's, to get a job. Let's go back to that. Let's go back. We just can't gloss over that because we gotta stay with okay. that. A lot okay. of folks questioned Bosa and called him selfish. Do we even? Did we even hear he was selfish during the Super Bowl game and? The, the we, didn't hear, all did we not hear that we did not even hear that but when you're a grown man in the United States of America trying to provide for your family nor should you care every single person out there is essential workers going out there not because they want to in this pandemic 
because they put their lives on the line to do what they got to do to feed their family. Mm-hmm. But that notion that these athletes, again, because what you really want to talk about is we're not looked at as human beings. We're looked at as animals, as things to gamble on bet. So I don't really care if people basically at the end of the day talk about what decisions athletes make. They're human beings. They can do what you can't do. All they can do is critique and criticize. You mm-hmm. cannot do something and get paid $34 million for a short amount of time and then go forward from there when your body's on the line to do it. Nick Bolsa can. So your thoughts and your prayers or your thoughts and your wants do not matter. Your opinions don't matter. The followers don't matter. And that's what I try to teach Ali about the business and what you do. So when he did leave Ohio State and all the people had something to say, the man left school essentially. He barely played his sophomore year. He was on the actual track count as far as he came in on third downs. He played a few games his junior year. He left, not just left, but he got his surgery. He left rehab and became the number two pick in the NFL draft. Without, all facts. All facts. And he was a rookie of the year. And the <laughs> team was in the Super Bowl. And nothing anybody said on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook mattered one bit because his check cleared. Now, he could have came back and played for the Ohio State University. He could have came back and got hurt again. And no one is going to, including Urban Meyer or Ryan Day or the NCAA, was going to basically refund or put that money back into his account for something that, at the end of the day, he'd have been responsible for. You know what? Making a bad you, business decision. You, you know also what would have happened? What would have been attached to him? Say he comes back to Ohio State and wants to play for his team, play for his brothers, fulfill you know his obligation to the university, and he gets hurt again. He's labeled as injury prone. People don't he, understand he's that. that now. And that's why he had to get the surgery. He he didn't he tore his ACL. We don't know that he tore his ACL out of high school. So he didn't play in the final couple of games. He came in his freshman year at Ohio State. He didn't play that much. Mm. So at the end of the day, the investment had to be what it was. But like I said, we can kid ourselves all we want. That sounds good in theory. Nice ESPN story. He came back and played for his brothers. Everybody talk about the team, the team, the team. <laughs> the team never cut anybody. I mean, the player never, nobody, the team never cut anybody. The team, the team never asked the player, what do you think about this guy? So we keep him and let him go. They make business decisions. When they decide to give us a, a, a walk on, a scholarship, quote unquote, give him some of that financial aid money. When they give it to him, either they give it to him because he can't contribute or they like him. Did the players have a decision in that? Did they sit down, should we give him a scholarship? No. So the bottom line is with the player, the players control everything in essence. So just like I said before, what James reminds me, look at it, let's be frank about this year in the NCAA prior, prior to the pandemic. This was the absolute worst year for the NCAA in the history that you can remember. That all these so-called power five schools and superpower coaches had these horrible records. And why? Because they couldn't get the horses to come play for them. Because they couldn't tell the kid who, who could have been a starter at a, mid, a, a, a mid-conference school to come to North Carolina and sit there for three years. Nope. I'm gonna play. <laughs> nope. Couldn't get the kid, James Wiseman, to sit there and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna sit back here and watch y'all play as Memphis was a number two team when they first started and they lost all those games with Anthony Hardaway after he left. Nope. Nope. Like I said, right now, if Trevor Lawrence said I'm not playing anymore, Trevor Lawrence had $20 million in his account by tomorrow. Facts. Damn. You got to pay it back. Hold on, say that but again. But he will get it. Say it's that. not an agent. It's not a person, not a bank in America that wouldn't give it to him. Say that, say that so one more time. So you want to keep eating, <laughs> uh, uh, staying inside of a one-bedroom apartment somewhere 
after you try to shut down his GoFundMe page to help the, the pandemic, then you change your mind the next day at NCAA because Trevor Lawrence don't need you. You need him. Damn. Dabo needs him. So the bottom line, while not paying these guys, that's no point. They don't want hey. these young men to understand their work. Hey, I got a question. Anything else you do, that's crazy. I got a question. I got a question. All sure. right. Because I think in, in basketball, it's a little easier to take this risk than football, in my opinion. Let's use Zion for, for, for this example. Say when Zion was coming out, right? Zion had the wherewithal of the LeVar ball, but wasn't talking crazy. Well, I don't want to say talking crazy, but wasn't being so outlandish that people was missing his message through everything. You know what I'm saying? So just say Zion coming out as a senior in high school. Understanding his worth through the YouTube views and through all his Instagram followers, whatever, and all the folks understanding that he's going to be a number one pick in the NBA no matter what, right? Say a kid right. like that is coming out of high school and just say, you know what, NCAA, I don't want no damn scholarship. I'm going to walk on, and I'm going to keep mm-hmm. all my my rights, my name. Right. I can set money. Like, I don't want your NLI. I don't want right. that because I know what... Right comes along with that basically i'm your property and i can't make money off of my likeness so what happens when this a next number one bona fide number one pick comes out of high school and is like you know what i'm gonna go to that school i'm gonna take get this agent this manager i'm gonna get these endorsements right now because they know i'm a, i'm the truth and i'm gonna play college ball but i'm gonna walk on keep your right. scholarship what do you what do you right. think everybody would do if a, if a kid did that? Well, this is this is a situation that's already been somewhat happening in certain areas, not all the way through. Because this is the thing: it's that one phrase that they try to hold on to, amateurism. Ah, now okay. there there are other players. Again, you can take the Levar Ball situation again because Levar Ball was a business, and Lonzo was you know uh, part of the three B. NCAA has no jurisdiction to tell Lonzo Ball's father you got to stop your business in, in sports because your son is in college in college. So if he's bringing in money in, like I said, in three Ds, which was actually going on yeah. while he was at UCLA, NCAA has nothing they can say to the actual parent. Now, the thing is this. Most parents are not business savvy or have the acumen to understand what's what regarding that. Most people, again, it goes back to your perfect point, like aging. You don't need an agent to get to where you need to be. You need to learn risk management. You need to learn about infrastructure. You need to learn about the what you're going. You need to learn about taxes. You need to learn about the tax code. You need to learn about what real money versus funny money is. Okay. Agents are there basically to work on behalf of the institutions, the NFL, the NBA, the NFL, I mean, the, the, the Major League Baseball and the NHL. Yeah. Based on what you don't know and understand. Mm-hmm. So LeVar Ball, every time Lonzo stepped out on that actual court, at the end of the day, basically his brain was being happening in regards to the fact you couldn't stop it. Yeah. It's no different than a young man Rashawn Gary. Mm-hmm. People don't realize the logo that Rashawn Gary has, again, it was there and it been there. They can't stop this man from basically creating something and protecting it himself. You don't want him to know that he can do that either. But he can. Yeah. And so every time you want to go to his social media feed and see him, that's what you're going to see. Ain't nothing you're going to do about it. So again, that's what business is. And so when you talk about the, 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 the whole walk-on thing, yeah, walk-on. But they'll say if you are now getting paid as an athlete directly... For something that literally will bring value to you outside of quote unquote that scholarship or, or that actual amateurism status, then that, that basically um, cancels your right to be able to play under that umbrella. But like I said again, there's many people I can go online right now and and, and talk about some of these, you know, parents who are entrepreneurs who are doing consulting services. Mm-hmm. 
um, again, you know, at the highest level, Duke and all these other places, things of that nature. So when I talk about the term sports trafficking, when you talk about a, a high school coach or an AAU coach, and yet things that has happened when it came out with the um, story with the Christian Dawkins, he's a runner. I, I'm mad that the HBO gave him the platform that they gave him to make it seem <laughs> like he's somebody special. He's not. And this is where players get caught up. Coach such and such, agent, agent A, agent B. Everybody's on a Rich Paul thing right now. Play yeah, the talk game. Talk about that. Talk all about the Rich years, Paul. And then you want to say, oh, he got nine guys. He got nine guys to get 90% of their salary. Let me explain this really slow for everybody who's listening and how this works. This works in every major sport, whether it's Boris, whether it's uh, from baseball, whether it's Rosenhaus from football, whether it's Rich Paul from the NBA. If you don't remember, um, Rich Paul and LeBron James in particular basically picked any player he wanted when he went to the Miami Heat. And he did it for like four years in a row when he went to Cleveland. Any player he wants. When you are Rich Paul representing LeBron James, LeBron James has the ability to call any athlete he wants and say, come here and play with me. He also has the same ability to tell those same players that represented underneath Rich Paul and his, and his agency that when free agency comes, if you want our guy to stay, you must pay him this money, period. Or he's going to take his talents to South Beach. To basically bestow power upon a man that literally without those players, in particular LeBron James, is 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 ignorant at best. It's why players keep getting stuck and caught in what these comes in situations. Again, the golden rule in sports is those that have the gold make the rules. Period. Say that one more People time. Say that, say that one more time. Because That's LeBron James is involved. That's a Jew. Say that one more time. The golden rule is those that have to, in sports, those that have the gold make the rules. Those who have in the, the gold sports make business, the those that the players make the rules. Mm. So for LeBron James to tell such and such player who's a rookie who he wanted to be around LeBron his entire life where to go, where you should go, he's going to do that. The owners understand that. It's not an agent in America do nothing about that. Rich Paul happened to be under that wing with LeBron James, but the power, the direction comes from LeBron. Always has, always will be. Always LeBron has, basically always took the, the NBA hostage for, for, for six years and forced everybody to go to Cleveland in the summertime. <laughs> That's not what the league wanted. I trust me on that. Heck no. They, they, they rather him stay in Miami. Hey, hey, why fuck? But LeBron decided what he wanted to do. They were so happy when and they he, had to deal with it. They were so happy when he left Cleveland and went to Miami. They were so happy. I, yeah, and they were just as sad when he decided to go back. And when he decided to go back, they years, were mad as hell. And bring everybody back when he won. Yep. And tell the coach who they're going to hire. Yep. And tell the GM what's going to happen. And then I'm going to go to L.A. Now, they were happy with the Lakers move. They were they was overjoyed with that. But LeBron makes the decisions. And they the gonna, players, the golden rule. And they're going to make and gonna make sure he got another marquee dude there. After, you know, he, he showed the first season they were competing, and then he got hurt, missed extended period of time, and that roster was still the same. The powers that be was like, oh, hell no. We ain't going to let him. It, it's going to be interesting with this L.A. team. So let's go get him A.D. Yeah, exactly. Out of nowhere, like I said, AD now, deal all, all that being said is like now they wanted to cancel the season. So once again, at the end of the day, this whole process, A.D., it goes back to the whole situation with Kobe and LeBron back when. I talked about the Dez commercials when LeBron couldn't get it done in Cleveland. Mm. And they had this whole McDonald's billion-dollar marketing campaign. Dez LeBron, Dez LeBron. Well, Kobe LeBron. Kobe LeBron with they, the muscles. They work out. Remember the little puppets? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yep. LeBron never made it through. That's how he ended up in Miami. Yep. Boston, Boston Money lost made it is what Kobe and LeBron. 
Yeah, well, so like I said again, we talking about this whole business about the sport. It goes back to the player again. For everybody that said they want to quote unquote secure the bag and understand how a sports business works, there's a few people in this world that done things a certain way that people really pay attention to. So I want to I want to make sure your audience understand this. For all those that are you know paying money to go to this school or paying money to get trained by this guy, paying money to to to, to get this type of advisement or get with this agent, remember these names: Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Um, Lamar Jackson His mom He didn't have an agent mm. Lamar Jackson Is the league MVP He's one of the two players The youngest to ever do it Him and Peyton Manning Y'all know who Peyton Manning is I say Rashawn Gary First player ever to come Into a professional sport In the world As his own sports agency Top 15 draft pick Green Bay Packers Green Bay Packers Which is the biggest franchise In the history of football From the day one In Lambeau Field Mm-hmm. Then again, you got Lamella Ball, you got Lonzo Ball, and Lavar Ball. Lamella Ball is now projected to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. And after all that talk, there, after all that owner, talk, he's an owner of the team. And for those who don't know, why I go into Duke and to, to to all these other schools, Australia pays one million dollars in cash, American money, for the guys before they come back over to go into the NBA. Hey, so let's stay right there. Go let's stay right there. Let's stay right there. After all that talk about Lamella, then then. Killed it like his daddy done killed his career. Why is he going overseas? And I always tell folks the best way to to prepare for professional sports is play against pros. Like as much as folks always Absolutely. say, somebody need another year of college yep. for what? For what? Yep. You know, I'd rather go to the D League and learn around pros and get paid and be around their trainers and and trench myself in my craft twenty four seven without going to class versus. Being your entertainment at your favorite school because that's all you really want. You ain't worried you're about my well-being. Yourself, not the industry. Yeah, you're I'm just being real. Yourself, you're not, not wor- you're not worried about my well-being. You're worried about your self gratification and your entertainment, which is cool. But say that. Don't say, "Oh man, you're not ready. You need to come back to school." Because, because what? Because the team would be that much better with me back. That's my. That's why the whole argument about the team, the team, the team. Fans don't basically care about their players what's best for them individually. They care about what the players are going to do for them and then use the term team. It's a psychological thing, and unfortunately, like I said before, as an African-American athlete, former athlete myself, knowing the social and economic situations that sports has basically been to able to provide or is used as a crutch in certain ways to get kids to do things that, at the end of the day, they're not going to ask any questions. Mm. So, again, we know there's other things that's happened in this country that people have been told to do things without asking any questions. And at the end of the day, we know who that's benefited wasn't the jurors that being told what to do. So, again, for those people I mentioned earlier, we're talking about securing the bag. Kobe didn't go to college. Ron didn't go to college. Melo didn't even go to high school. <laughs> he owns a team. So, knowing the business, Rashawn Gary, not paying his agent for four years or something that happened in 2019, when in the NFL, your contracts aren't guaranteed. Why is the agent contract guaranteed, but yet my contract is not guaranteed, and you're supposed to be representing me? And so there's an order to this. Lion order. Without me, you don't eat. Without yeah, me, you don't eat. Ex- exactly. Without me, you don't eat. So why are you buddy buddy with the GM over there? Trust the facts, not the process. I'm putting because the they want to on tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to know. Yeah. Hey, we, that's, I think a, we, that's a master class. I think, right I think we need to take this deal. Why? Because you got you done built a, a, a little behind the back relationship with the GM. Come on, man. What it is. And this stuff is basically built out for the time that they can make you remember when they can wear shoes. You know, when I say this is all business, like I said, again, there's so much business in sport. Most kids have a ball or a bat in their hand before they know their own mama and daddy name. So we're for a six, 
sporting goods or models or sports authority or all these other places in there they understand the the the, the actual the line oh, how hey, it works and i don't want folks to get it twisted either i don't want folks to get it twisted and just think we you know despising agents despising because hey look i've seen high school coaches create these quote air quotation pipelines and they be getting right. kickbacks pick a sport traffic. just depends sport on what traffic. sport oh sport they traffic. players always going to that school uh-huh take a look sport take traffic. a look at that coach see was right. make sure because it's some legit ones don't get me wrong but there's some dirty shisty ass coaches out here that be getting them licks off of sending the kids. See, kid but this is, what I, this is my school. point, Ahmad. I'm not even mad at them. What I'm saying is sports is not a game. It's all business. Yep. That's what I'm telling the players. Exactly. So don't get mad when I leave you where you stand, coach such and such, because you don't provide value to me. Yeah. It's hand-to-hand, man. I'm not apologizing for it. It's hand-to-hand, because I come to a school. Look, an athlete comes to a school because what it could better do for them. So everybody's that's they, hustling. That's what they recruited on. That's what they told. Everybody's hustling. But stop making it seem like the player is wrong for hustling. Because they're getting hustled by everybody at that institute. Like everybody's benefiting off him. Yes, you care that I'm in school because, but if I'm not in school, you're not benefited, benefiting from my talent. If you're not benefiting from my talent, you're not getting no money. You're not getting no money. You just lost out. That's mm-hmm. the investment. So let's stop with a player always has to be a team player, selfless, blah, blah. But everybody around them don't live by that same creed. Even the fan that's cheering <clears throat> don't live by that damn same creed. Oh, we're, missing a big, we're missing a big point right now. Again, twenty eight years, right? That's how long you played. Yeah, you played. You played pro as an eleventh. You invested seventeen. You think anybody in their life should invest seventeen years in something that isn't going to benefit you? Mm. You tell me. Hey, and I'll let you know where you're going to end up. I ain't doing it for free. I always tell folks. People, no, I'm gonna let you know where you end up. You spend seventeen years investing in somebody else's dream and all for you. I'm gonna tell you where you're going to end up. Then <laughs> where you want to be? <laughs> hey, man. That's why I said it's business. And so when I talk about from the get-go, when you try to keep things like making it look like something is so sweet, and, I t- and I'm the first person, so all your viewers should know, I tell all my athletes, they ain't gonna put those followers in, in that box you're gonna end up when it's all said and done. Stop worrying about them. You but hey, people, people, look, people, people got the game messed up. <laughs> people got the game messed they up. Do. A lot of these folks gotta get out of the stone age and realize the world is evolving. They always tell folks, hey, Stop worrying about social media. You're following all the likes that you're getting. Do you know how powerful social media is these days? In a lot of genres. If you got thousands and thousands of damn viewers, that's they're not called, they're not followers. They're in a business where they call influencers. Like you're influencing them. Okay. I could push right. my well, product. Let me, let me speak on that real quick. Go ahead. Let me speak on that real quick. Because some people have misconceived notion with some of these things. Yep. In those same social media and followers, there's a thing called ghosting. It's a lot of athletes out there that got fake followers. A lot of their representation put those things out there to make it seem like what it's not. And then they charge yeah. you for marketing for something that's not really actually happening. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the influences, if you will, it's based off of your your actual who you are from that standpoint. At the end of the day, if you go out there and you play in the NBA Finals and all of a sudden you have this great clutch shot, that's going to happen automatic. It ain't going to matter who your agent is or who your marketing is, period. Mm. That's not the process. Is what you did to actually within the moment to make it happen. You remember Odell Beckham, the catch, the catch is what changed everything. The catch, that's it. that's it. The catch, that's it. Then it wasn't no PR program you paid all this money for. No, it was a guy doing something. And at the end of the day, <laughs> the end of the day, four years later, we still talk about business. That even before that catch, Odell didn't even have a logo until last year. Look it up. 
go to UPTSTO, United States, United States Patent Trademark Office, mm. and see who their logo belonged to. It ain't him. I always ask folks, who the Jumpman logo belonged to? Oh, that's no, the Jumpman is Jordan. Let me you clarify that. The Jordan logo belongs to Nike. Yeah. Although the same thing, there the name go. on the shoe yeah. is Jumpman. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So David Falk was his original agent yep. who the Knicks were looking at possibly to bring in. Like, this is how sad it's gotten to the point where you feel like, okay, well, Michael Jordan agent, uh, if he can come be the, the president of the basketball, we get back to winning. Then they try that with Phil Jackson. Then he coached Michael. Yeah. How'd that work out? <laughs> See, so my point is, when you talk about how things happen and even Michael Jordan choosing the agent that he chose and how much money that agent made, how much money that Nike made, that man's a billionaire because he represented Michael Jordan. Mm. So Michael Jordan gave the majority of the money that he could have made in his life before he became a billionaire right now to Nike. When he signed with that agent, who directed him to sign with that agent? Dean Smith. Mm. So at the end of the day, you talk about LeBron versus Michael. Who's in a better position when it's all said and done to basically uh, to capitalize off their worth? LeBron. Easily. Without question. That's the point I'm making. He controls so everything. So Michael Jordan was the best player the way they promoted, but he wasn't the best businessman. Because if people know about Michael's history, he had gambling problems, he had all these other type of situations. Under that same agent that he made billions off, that made billions off of him, that they want to hire as and, the president of the Knicks. And yeah, and I don't want folks to get it misconstrued. Like, we know, compared to everybody back in the day, yeah, Mike right. was better than them. Like, when you look at Magic, Isaiah, Bird, Dr. J, Moses Malone, uh, Charles Barkley, all those guys that was either sounding like the Converse, Pumas, and then you had the couple mm-hmm. Nike guys, Moses Malone. Mike was the first one after all those guys I just named, Kareem too, to have mm-hmm. his signature shoe. Like, Mike's first shoe that he wore was his shoe. They wore a bland Converse. This is your colorway. If anybody play 2K, that's the first option you get. Hey, this is Nike represented. We're going to give you a colorway, and you pick which shoe you want the special colorway. No, Mike had his own signature shoe. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned a whole lot of guys right now. I'm going to ask you this question on that. Which one is the best business person out of all of them? And I bet you half your viewers don't know who that is. I know who it is. I'm going to tell you in a second. I want to know if you know. Out of all the guys, I, li- I mean, I would say, I mean, but you just mentioned this now. I just and said it's imagine. a real, it's a real quick answer. But the thing is, the sad part is that people don't know is because based off what you do as an athlete, that's what you want to be looked at as, and yeah. nothing else. Yeah, it's Magic Johnson. It's Magic. All you gotta yeah. do is look it up. <laughs> it's Magic. That man, he owns. He's the majority owner of the, of the um the Dodgers. The Dodgers. He got like yeah. five hundred million movie theaters around the world. And and the when thing he has the HIV virus. And the thing about it, a dude that follow his lead is Shaquille O'Neal, exactly. another one that owns that, a yeah, lot. exactly. But Shaq, Shaq still was sitting on, you know, sitting there doing the, the TNT thing, and he's a lot of brand promotion because again, the name like Shaq and the face because you never can he, get. He so said he never that, turned that down. Comes with it. He said he but never for Magic turned. Johnson, who decided to come back and, like I said, and then be the president of the Lakers for a little bit, step down. But that man, business acumen is through the roof. But once again. The main media society don't talk about what an athlete can actually do with their actual notoriety and their platform. Mm. And it takes it takes something crazy. Like I said, when a kid buys a team, and particularly like the Australian team, so for those who don't know, if you're a highly rated high school athlete and you got an opportunity to go pro, if you're going to go overseas, the Australian team that LaMelo was on, before he even got there, the spot that you go. 
Yeah. I don't see anybody going crazy about Luka Doncic. Ah, uh, you don't open up a can of worms they don't want to get to. I don't to. see anybody talking about Luka Doncic not going to college and being a great long, player that he long, is and where he was. And how long? Oh, he, he was a pro at what, 14, 15? That's my point. Ricky Rubio, too? Like, yeah, they, they get mad they, at us for they, trying to be a pro a whole bunch of, We know where this is going. But they, 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 seem, about, to, they seem to sports uh, institutions over there. Like, right. You're, but you're, us, though, yeah, it making ain't. decisions that's best for us, understanding how the business works. It's just a game over there. That's why I said you got to turn that off and, 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 like I said, look at things for what they really are. And to do that, it takes time. Yep. And the reality is the industry, ain't about big bashing anybody. Like I said, I mean, you said earlier, and I appreciate you saying that I'm the player's rep. I deal with agents. I deal with all these people in the service providers. Yep. Like my direct response to anything that happens is going to be pro player first. Yep. And I can clearly delineate what that is. I do that privately. I do that professionally. I do that openly. I do it silently. Hmm. Talk. So at the end of the day, if you want to say you want to represent the player, you better show your worth and value to that because I can easily show what you do not value the player in that to them and their family. Right. And so therefore, if the player understands his worth and his value, those are the decisions that he should be making going forward. And so again, with all this is happening right now, I said it again, whether it's spring football comes back or don't come back, there's still a short window for the 255 guys that make it draft in the next two weeks, which we're still working on right now, there's still a short window for them. So if you're making decisions, you're signing deals and contracts and things like that that you don't understand that's going to have you locked in for year upon year. If all of a sudden you have a pandemic and you get maybe sick or whatever, you put more money towards your agent versus your life insurance mm-hmm. or to take care of your grandmother, that's on you. But I'm not going to blame you as a kid per se all the way because that's how the system is set up. I'm trying to basically help educate and probably protect those so they don't get caught up in that system. Because it's not going to be pretty. Like I said, you're one of the fortunate ones. Put 28 years in, got paid for 11. Average career is 2.5. Hmm. 17 years, you could have been on the stretcher before you even got through that from five years old, which a lot of them are. Yeah. But those same people that's in this industry, they're not saying, oh man, listen, I hope my boy, he done so much for me and my family, he helped put me through, get my family paid for these four or five years. Let me go ahead and write him a check and send him a thank you note. Because he was on the team. Hmm. No, that's real talk, man. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> so look, man. But before we before we wrap up, you know, had you on for about an hour now. I know, I know you're a busy man. But what where do you see it going from here? You talk about Rashawn. We understand, you know, the groundbreaking work that he's he's done. You know, you know, leading up to the draft and starting his own. Do you, can you see guys paying attention uh, as far as what he did and trying to maybe not emulate it, but seek his counsel and then try to join him first before they step out and do what he did. I mean, as an athlete, you know how it is. It's Again, it's, it starts off as a relationship-based business, but the reality is that's the whole point. Business is not about relationships mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. Business is about numbers. Business is about wording. Business is about actual words. Like I talk about all the time, when you see somebody put a contract in front of you and says perpetuity as an athlete, you should run as fast as you can. Yeah. Simply means for life. Why would I assign something that has for life and then something without me that don't exist? So again, you know, each athlete in particular, their structure, their circle, and even for us, we are a business-based group, period. So if that same athlete that's coming out in the process looking for things that can help set them up for today, tomorrow, and the future, once again, you talk about marketing. Everybody's not marketable. Mm. Some people are extroverts. Some people are extroverts. But everybody's pitching the same thing. How can you pitch marketing to be this whole big plan and you're an introvert? Because it don't work. That's true. 
So you can't make this stuff up. If anybody remember how Tim Hardaway had that great crossover, but when you put him on NBA TV, it was it was the hardest <laughs> listen for my entire life. <laughs> Who, which which producer said Tim Hardaway? And again, this is talking about college educated. Yo. Pete, you laugh because you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you're talking oh, about. It was Google, Tim Hardaway on man, TV. Man, that voice, that like voice is not that, that voice is not that voice is not for entertainment purposes. Like, no, not entertainment, nah. no his voice, but he can't he didn't understand anything. It actually was embarrassing. Like you made a lot of money playing sports and money, and you can't articulate anything mm-hmm. by anything outside of a basketball conversation. Yep. And every time they talked to him about it, it, it was it was sad. And I was like, why are y'all doing this to this man? It was one of the main reasons why, again, when I talk about what well, I service is teaching public speaking. Yes. About yes. when they ask the question, pause, think about it first. Answer the first part of the question and say, can you repeat the rest second part? Yep. Don't get caught in something that you don't understand. That's the main thing I tell athletes, too, when they get into school. Like, look, man, seek out public speaking classes. Take a couple of drama classes as well. Like, because everything's about performance enunciation right. speaking. Pass the game. Pass posture. football. Yeah. You, you're thinking about outside of it. Yep. So again, for us, it's like it's business. So for me, when we recruit guys or we look at guys a certain way, and he's talking about RG, like I don't go and say you could be like him because you can't. You got to do things to be the best you that you can be, and we can help yeah, get you. Yeah, yeah. But but most people want to turn around and hear like, oh, you can make me like JJ Watt, and those are the ones, unfortunately, that after all the years of chasing their tails about talking about uh, you, you going to be the greatest one because you got a five star. That don't matter, man. Let's look a few years ago what happened. To a lot of these guys. I just mentioned one guy in particular who was in this. Automatic first round of years ago, Yandre Francois. Mm. Look what happened mm. when he got caught up, and I'm, I'm gonna name his name. Look what happened when Willie Taggart got involved, mm. <laughs> and Willie Taggart on his third team in four years. Mm. But yet he quickly tell you about how he cool with plies. Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my point. And unfortunately, when you that type of a kid, that all that matters to you, like I got plies on the phone. You can ruin some kids' lives. And all they want to do is be great at what they do. You're not willing to tell them the truth about what it is and what's going on, what needs to be done. Gotcha. And we, we're trying to basically say, look, man, this is this is a short, this is a, a cruel game, it's a cutthroat business. We want to help you get to where you want to be, but that's going to be on you. No matter what age you sound. But like I said, let, let, let LeBron let go of Rich Paul now and see what happens. Uh oh. And ain't no uh oh, it's over. <laughs> Just like that. Hey, oh, why are we talking about agents? I talked about this with you earlier, but I'm going to put it on air. How come nobody looking into Drew Rosen house, how majority of his clients go crazy? This is my point. Talking about guys that are talented at every level, but yet they are basically given a rope or at least do certain things that literally, once it backfires, uh, the agent basically has money or guarantees in it where it goes the way that it is. When you basically are an athlete, extremely talented, but you don't have any business acumen, there are certain agencies that basically seek that type of athlete to make them that work. So same way you get caught up and in trouble and all of a sudden somebody got to be a lawyer to get you out of it. Yeah. There are representation that basically getting kickbacks from the lawyer that you had to go deal with. And it, and, it, and it goes on and on. It doesn't matter. What I can tell you about every athlete right now is in this draft class before it starts in next draft class, there'll be seven to ten jewelers for every top three round player that's in there tell me how much ice you need mm-hmm. there'll be seven there'll be seven to ten instagram thoughts two of them <laughs> two of them being men looking like women telling you how you the best thing smoking <laughs> there'll be seven to ten um 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 car people jet people telling you, you can fly here and fly jets back and forth no matter you're a six round or a seven round that's a fact 
Mm. So when they talk about at the end of the day how they want these kids to be smart with their money and do all these different things, how? Those same people that's in your Instagram got information from your service providers. Them boys that have a tailor, they have a jeweler, they got have, the service they have, that's the point. They have same somebody people who, in your DMs are. They ain't gonna tell you how they got their number. Yeah, so somebody who could, information. Somebody who could pimp your ride, but you ain't got nobody that's truly telling you how to take care of your money and how to live off your endorsement money and not your actual football money. Big business, man. It's big business. You can't learn the business when you talk about playing 17 years and all of a sudden you got four months to make a decision and you think like the big the biggest decision you ever gonna make is that the agent you pick. If you're a DB and you run a five flat forty, you can pick Santa Claus, <laughs> Jesus himself. <laughs> Can't go nowhere. And I'll be the first one to tell you that. And I'll be the first one you call me. I'll say nothing I can do for you. Hey man, you get an agent that I can help you get a job. That age, that the team gonna be like, you representing who? Come on, dog. What you trying to get out of? And, and they won't answer our calls anymore. That's why I try to say it's not even funny. You can't do that. But if you were receiving and run a four two forty again, it don't matter. We've already yeah, proven that. That makes you wonder, Our though. Agent, it, nobody knew about it who makes, he was. They all make, know him now. Now I think about it, dog. Now I think about it because you just blew my mind. So it makes you think. If you're a young player, you coming out of college, and you got all these agents courting you, that may tell you that you may not need one. You mean like Rashawn Gary? You gave us all the answers to the test. <laughs> you know, look, I'm just throwing and, it and out like, there. Oh, you know you what I'm saying? I can do this myself. I'm just throwing it out there. Every time you turn around, a different agency want to fly you in and woo you and show you all the clients they got. Then the next one, almost like going through school again, like picking your school. Right. And you could just sit back yep. and be like, hmm, that means I'm... You've been conditioned for that. Yeah. Right. You've been conditioned from day one. I'm nervous. It's around. like you say with Lamar Jackson. I, I remember verbatim, not verbatim, but I remember um, ESPN, I ain't going to say the analyst, but he was basically clowning Lamar that his mama represent him. Yep. Laughing yep. and kikiing on live television. Nobody checked him. And it was a female right. correspondent right there that could have been like, oh... Right. We were like LeBron. We right. worry about LeVar talking about know your role when he's saying, right. hey, you the reporter. I'm talking to Colin, not you. But in well, that I, instance. I wonder if that reporter right now is reporting that that Lamar Jackson, the youngest player that ever went MVP, is younger than than uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Who's coming out right now. So while he was kikiing him, while he's an MVP right now and the second youngest ever, I wonder if he's saying that, you know what? Joe Burrow, he's a great quarterback, but should we look at that he played on the same team as um, Dwayne Haskins that he lost out? Should we be looking at um, he played with Michael Thomas and Ezekiel Elliott mm. doing his second NFL contract right now? They, should we really take pride in him beat like a like a grown man beating a kid in the, in the game of horse? Mm. Should we really put a whole lot of money into that? Come on. Didn't we do that once with Baker Mayfield? Come on. Didn't we? Johnny Mantell. So, so all these analysts that think they know and got things to say, the bottom line, Lamar Jackson, whether he had an agent or not, this sport is a short-lived career for the most part. And they, so by him not doing that, like I said, contract's not guaranteed. Guess who's not paying his agent this year? Or next year, or the year after that, <laughs> while he gets the next fight. You know what I'm saying? Man, they, 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 oh, oh, when it comes to the draft, you know, Lamar, he got to have somebody to speak on his behalf to these teams. It's just, if he want to move up, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, like, if I, if I need somebody to... Speak on my behalf to encourage you to take me even more than it ain't gonna work. Right, and you can do it for yourself. And again, you gotta remember the whole process is set up on communicating with the actual athlete directly. What yeah. people don't realize about agents, they assume that the agent is gonna make all these decisions. During the draft process, 
even us as an agency, we are basically supposed to put the player in the best situation possible to get to that point. We speak to the agents when, I mean, to the league and the teams, when we have to set things up to get that thing organized. But when it comes to the actual process, the team want to talk to the player directly, not the agent, no matter who it is. Yeah, and don't and look, folks, no matter who it is, folks, don't don't get us wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. I was an undrafted free agent. I needed a mouthpiece, pause, on my behalf to talk to these GMs because I don't have the contact list back then right. when I came out. And even in my profession now, I hired an agent to talk on my behalf to the contacts right. they have with these media outlets and, and other things. So if if you're a little fish, you're going to need some Pause, help. pause, though, pause, pause. Talk on your behalf. Now, if an athlete don't understand what his worth is, then you stuck anyway. Yeah. Talking on your behalf based on what? Everything? How to tie your shoes? <laughs> How to brush your hair? This is what happens. You've been in the league. I've been in two. I was, I was privy to a conversation with teammates while I was 27 years old. We had a conversation. He said, let me talk to my agent. Like, bro, we ain't in the league. Oh, what you mean? Once, once I got, once, once I got my, through my first five years of Arena League, I didn't, right. me, I didn't, me and my agent, we deuced it up like big bro. I don't need you no more. I know how to work my contracts. I know my worth. I built the brand. Right. We but good. But why can't you know that when you're younger? When you're supposed to be getting an education? Hmm. What are you doing? Hmm. Okay, well, yeah, give me the contacts then. That, that, that's the point. This stuff ain't, this, this technology out there. Yeah. My company, Free Post Game in particular, hmm. I teach this stuff. That's how, again, things happen the way they happen. Pre Post Game. When you, get, when you have the answer to the test, you should never fail. Pre Post Game. Y'all heard them. Pre Post Game is there. That buffet right there. And I'm not apologizing. No apologies. Captain America said in in Infinity. He's like I said, (laughs) I'm not looking for, um, what do you call it? Uh, He said I'm way past uh, looking for forgiveness. Yeah. And I'm not, and I'm not, you know, doing anything else other than the fact I'm not asking for you to tell me what I need to do. Facts. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. If I'm saying something to put a player in a bad spot in a certain situation, so that's what litigation is for. That means lawsuits. Mm. I got to hold the hell to the same fiduciary responsibility as anybody else. But in the sports business, a lot of times, because players don't know their value, their worth, or their resources, it's easy to get over on them. I, th- I think it's easy to turn around and say, well, it was your fault. You should have known you better. You just said the <sighs> phrase, I think, wraps it up. The resources. Without yep. the resources, you don't know your worth. Ball Hawk is a resource. Y'all remember that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Robert He's T. Green is the resource. Pre-post yeah. game. Trust me. He is one of my resources. So, so. And so for those who don't know what pre-post game stands for, when that name even came out, talking about the player's rep, is basically pre any pre-game for an athlete, they know we used to do the same exact thing over and over and over again. And if someone disrupts that actual pre-game, it kind of can mess with us psychologically how yep. we perform. Post-game is important because, once again, if it didn't go the way we wanted it to go, then we can respond in a physical or mental standpoint that can hurt us in the long term. Mm. So we basically, we cover everything before, during, and after that so you are in your best interest. You don't end up in that situation. Like I said, provide a simple solution in the complex world of sports business so you educate it, empower it, and protect it. That's what's simple up. That. There you go right there. Then we ain't got nothing else to say. My man dropped Jews. Appreciate you. On Pawn Jews, upon Jews. During this pandemic, we got a lot of time. Take the time to listen to what he said. Take the time to look up his company. He always a guest on my show. And make sure on Facebook you look for a daily Jew that he'll drop. And pay attention, man, because my man Robert T. Green dropped facts and um it's no it's no filter. He give it to you. That's why he always a welcome guest. Like I say, he hit me up during my run. It was like, hey man, I got I, I got something I, I got to talk about. 
can we get on the mic? I said, well, you going to get the whole show yourself. Ain't no call-ins. This is you. Because it's important, man. And, and anytime he say he got something to say, I try to make sure I make it happen. So, my man Rob T. Green, appreciate you, man. Keep doing what you're doing, appreciate bro. Appreciate you, boss. Keep being Stay a trendsetter, safe. trailblazing. And uh, be safe out here, bro. Absolutely. God bless you. You too, man. That's my man Robert T. Green, man. Hopefully y'all enjoyed the show. Uh-oh. Hold on. Hopefully y'all enjoyed the show, man. Make sure y'all staying safe. If you got to go out, get your essentials, get back in the crib. If you got to earn your living, you got to go to work, you do that. But make sure you're taking the precautionary measures to make sure that you're safe and you don't get the coronavirus, man. Till next time, man. You know the motto, good's the enemy of great. Be great in everything that you do, man. It's the Ball Hawk Show. We out of here. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.